Our guest in this hour is the past president of the Islamic Center in San Francisco. He's also a practicing physician. I want to tell you about our guest, Dr. Ijaz Nakvi. He is a born-again Muslim. After reading the Quranic translation for the first time in its entirety about 20 years ago. But since then, he's pondered over the verses of the Quran and discovered that many of its teachings remain arcane. Eager and in search of finding common ground, he studied the Quran and the Bible. That led him to finding significant similarities in the teachings of the Quran and the Bible, of these scriptures. And he shares the discoveries that he has with his readers in his Amazon best-selling book, quote, The Quran with or against the Bible. More than a pleasure to have with us Dr. Ijaz Nakvi. Dr. Nakvi, good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Now, Dr. Nakvi, so you know where I'm coming from. I have a Jewish father, a Christian mother, and married a Muslim. Very good. All Are right. you sitting That's down? I, 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 you had to breathe after that, right? And my, my husband is not a practicing Muslim, but I do know people in his family that have become like yourself, born-again Muslims. They were raised Muslim. They went away from Islam, went back to Islam. And uh, I'm a non-practicing Christian. So my husband and I are just um, parents that teach our kids about God and always wondering what religion should we teach them or what will our kids end up being. But having said that, um, you say that the Paris attack is not about Muslims versus the West. And I agree with you. But there are many that say that perception is the world's reality unless more Muslims, like yourself, Dr. Nakfi, and my husband, speak out. Then again, I say a few things here. One, thousands marching in France in the Unity Conference, Muslims. Muslim leaders around the world, Muslim people around the world condemning this attack, and as they did after September 11th. Organizations, whether it be the Council of American Islamic Relations, MPAC, Muslim Public Affairs Council, and others that will say, we, you know, condemn this, yet the cameras don't roll and the press doesn't show up for those press conferences. And, of course, there are many Muslims who say, you know, like my in-laws, my in-laws are against violence. I have to say they're the most non-hypocritical, peaceful Muslims I've ever met. As a matter of fact, I always say they're better Christians than most Christians I know. And... The bottom line is that they and many in their community here in the United States are fearful to come out and say what they feel because of this perception. You, Your comments and opinion on that, Dr. Nakvi. This is a long topic. I do. I will start by saying that uh, sometimes it's fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown. And most people, and there are several polls, Gallup polls and, and uh, ABC polls, that have shown that most Americans have a negative perception and view of, uh, about Islam and Muslims. But the same polls also show that most people, most Americans, don't know uh, a Muslim in person, and, and, uh, and also that they want to know more about Islam and Muslims. And I think that's where it's coming from. People need to get to know each other. So this, major- um, this, this majority of Muslims, of 2.6 billion people, uh, you know, in, in, uh, on, you know, on Earth, 1.6, excuse me, almost 2 billion, 1.6 billion people, of which less than 1% by far um, are extremists, this, this majority of that population needs not be silent. They, ha- they have to be uh, more out there. And, and how would you suggest, how do you recommend they do that? I mean, they can't knock on doors and go, hi, do you know a Muslim? I am one. <laughs> Let's have lunch. Yeah. So, and, and the answer is uh, any of these above things, uh, you know, write a book, uh, be engaged, uh, talk to your neighbors, uh, 
and uh, at workplace. Uh, just lead by example. Uh, and uh, if you're a mosque-going person, uh, engage your neighbors around you. Uh, invite local politicians, local policemen, fire people, uh, station um, departments and whatnot. It, it, so it's little by little. Get more engaged in interfaith uh, circles. Uh, like I, I'm very active in my interfaith council, and there are several others uh, around the country. And so I think it's all of the above. And what I say is don't, you know, just be yourself. Uh, the thing is, most American Muslims have the same issues as any other American. We have children, so we have issues with the teenage daughter, teenage son. You have the same issues with environment. Uh, we worry about paying bills. Uh, the, the, uh, the gas prices go up, go down. We, we have the same types of concerns. There's violence. We have the same concerns. There's gun violence. We have the same concerns. So, so when, when people, most Americans, get to know a person, they change their opinion. And that's typically what happens. Most people who actually know a Muslim uh, uh, personally, they actually have a different view of them compared to what they hear on um, majority of the mainstream. And, and as a matter of fact, that speaks to all prejudices, African-Americans, uh, you know, uh, Hispanics, uh, gay, uh, lesbian, uh, years and years ago, Irish, uh, Italian. Uh, Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. Hatred cannot drive out hatred, only love can. And Dr. Nakvi said he would add, violence cannot drive out violence, only peace can. Silence is not an option. Back to our guest, Dr. Ijaz Nakvi, right after this. We are back with our guest, Dr. Ijaz Nakvi, and I had promised uh, regarding Twitter how to spell that. At Ijaz Nakvi, MD, is his Twitter handle, E-J-A-Z-N-A-Q-V-I-M-D. The website, the same name, IjazNakvi.com. The book is The Quran with or against the Bible. You know, have, having been brought up uh, half Jewish, half Christian, Dr. Nakvi, I have always said I never understand why Christians are so pro-Israel and anti-Palestinian or anti-Muslim, when technically Muslims and Christians have more in common than Jews and Christians do. Uh, Jesus is an example of that. Uh, Jesus is one of the prophets in Islam. Um, He is considered to be the Savior and the Son of God in Christianity, and he's considered to be maybe a nice guy and a carpenter's son in Judaism, not, you know, elevated to the rank of a prophet or a Messiah, Son of God, a Savior. Um, can you speak to some of the similarities and, you know, maybe have a comment with that regard to that? Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Uh, yeah, uh, geez, uh, so first of all, there is a myth that uh, uh, Prophet Muhammad was the founder of Islam. Uh, if you look at the teachings of the Quran, everyone from Adam on to Muhammad was a prophet. Uh, and that includes uh, Abraham and Noah and Jacob and, and uh, Joseph, the son of Jacob. And, uh, and Moses and, and Aaron and, and, and Jesus Christ. So all of them are considered prophets of Islam because they brought the same religion, uh, bringing to the same God. Uh, is, even though he is known as Allah uh, in, in the Quran, but he's the same God. In fact, uh, a lot of the Coptic Christians uh, call uh, God Allah. They don't call him God. So uh, whether or not you're a Jew or Christian or Muslim uh, living in the Middle East, you still call uh, him Allah. So coming back to the, 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 the Christianity and, uh, and uh, where Jesus is uh, in Islam, Jesus is one of the five most exalted prophets. So there are prophets, 124,000 according to Islamic teachings, but five of them are the, uh, the most exalted according to the teachings of the Quran, and those are Abraham and Noah and Moses. Jesus is one of them, and Muhammad, of course. 
And uh, his nickname in the Quran is uh, Ruhullah, which translates to the Spirit of God. And when I talk to uh, folks in, in churches, when I go around, um, uh, when I tell them that Mary is actually mentioned in the Quran more often by name than she is in the Gospel, their jaws drop. And there, in fact, there's a whole chapter after Mary uh, in the Quran called Maryam, which is the Arabic name of Mary. Um, in all the miracles that are mentioned, uh, you know, Jesus uh, you know, giving light to, to or, or the vision to the, to, to the blind, um, and, and you know, blowing into um, you know, uh, uh, like mud um, object and turning them into birds and so on and so forth, bringing people to life from dead, they're all mentioned and confirmed in the Quran. So he, he's a very, very special person in, in, in the Quran and Islamic teachings. Let's take some calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Let's go to Victor in Wisconsin on line three. Victor, thank you for joining us. Question or comment for our guest, Dr. Nakfi. Uh, uh, hello, Dr. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Um, I am um, concerned about, obviously, as most uh, people in our civil society are, the uh, um, state of attacks that have occurred uh, in the world that have been uh, perpetrated by. Um, people who take a very radical interpretation of, indeed, a very literal interpretation of segments of the of the Quran. And I was wondering what your, um, what your guess would be at efforts at um, a reformation as occurred in Christianity, as um, occurred in uh, Judaism. Um, I think that our erstwhile ally, Saudi Arabia, has done the world a great disservice through its funding of Wahhabist-centered uh, madrasas, which teach, um, essentially, from a Christian point of view, the Westboro Baptist Church version of Islam. And um, my, my own perspective, uh, quite frankly, I'm, um, I'm much more of a Sam Harris-style liberal, which is um, love people, but be very concerned about ideas that may propagate uh, through society to our detriment and as a threat to um, our uh, civil liberties uh, when we self-censor. Um, thank you for taking my comment, and I'll listen to your response uh, on the air. All right. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Victor. Uh, Dr. Nakvi, you and your response? All right, thanks, Victor. And so I think this is a very valid point, and here's the, the, the issue. Uh, most Muslims now realize there is a problem within uh, Muslims, and, and that's uh, one of fundamentalism. And you mentioned Wahhabism driven by Saudi ideology, and that is a real problem. And, and uh, even though uh, the, the silent majority is aware of it, doesn't like it, um, uh, they, they also need to get more um, aggressive is not the right word, but they need to get more involved, more engaged, more active. And, uh, and they have, but it's just like Leslie mentioned earlier, they don't get the press. It's not very sexy if somebody, a Muslim, actually speaks out against them. In fact, if you remember um, a few weeks ago when these uh, butchers killed uh, about 140-some uh, school kids in Peshawar, Pakistan, they were all Muslim kids. And they butchered them simply because they, they feel like uh, or they felt this is um, the right way to, to, you know, take their revenge against the Pakistani army. And you pick up any book of religion, killing innocent children, 
uh, it, it just you simply cannot have any justification whatsoever. But these butchers are doing that. So there is a problem, and that needs to be addressed. And it's a very complex problem, and I don't pr uh, pretend that I have all the answers, but education is still the key. I mean, there's education, there's ignorance, there's poverty, people... Uh, and, and this is heavily funded by people who want to propagate that. So when they're funding uh, people in impoverished uh, communities, um, they, they tend to listen to them. And they are brainwashed from the very young age. When they're five, six, seven years old, they go to Madursa. So the government uh, needs to get them more involved, and they need to actually take actions against some of these uh, uh, extremists. And here's the, the thing that I need to connect what's going on there versus in, in our own land here in the United States is the reason I'm concerned about hate speeches is all the violence actually starts with uh, just promoting hatred, be it right-wing TV stations here in the United States, radio stations, or be it all these mullahs in, in say, some of the Islamic countries. Um, this is exactly what happened in the 1930s. It started with a lot of vitriol and hatred towards the Jews, which resulted in, in, in the Holocaust. And we simply cannot afford to have more hatred dividing people. We are all Americans, uh, if we just think more locally. And uh, regardless of whether you're Jew, Christian, Muslim, atheist, or agnostic, or whoever, Hindu, um, we have same issues, and we need to get together, and, and we need to have a common solution. I always say that the struggle... And this fight is not between Jews, Christians, and Muslims. It is actually about extremists of all faiths on one side and the decent, silent majority of all faiths or no faith on the other. And we, we need to stand up and, and make our voices heard. And I thank Leslie for having me on. So at least there's at least one uh, um, uh, moderate voice out there. Uh, Dr. Nakvi, there are those that have not, like, I, I've li uh, where are you from originally? Are you Pakistani? Yes. Okay, I thought so because I know a lot of Nakfis that are Pakistani. I lived in Pakistan briefly in 2007, and I adopted my son from the ED Foundation in Karachi. My son wow. was born in Karachi, and my husband is uh, Indian-Pakistani-American. Um, and, and, I, and I say that because I, I think those of us that have been to Muslim countries know Muslim people, have read the Quran as I have, cover to cover. Um, and if you read, like you have, the Quran and the Bible cover to cover, there's violence in in, in, in all religious texts, perhaps uh, even except for Buddhism, even though there was um, certainly violence in uh, the time of Buddha. Uh, Islam is perceived to be violent. I know Islam is not a violent religion, but how do you get that message out there when there are so many who believe it? Because obviously beheadings and bombs are more visual, lead the headlines, are louder and when you're burying people, that speaks so much louder, even though it is so negative, about this religion, especially because these terrorists claim to do this in yeah. the name um, of Islam. And also because many people who are ignorant don't realize Allah means God. Um, they think that you guys have a different God. Mm-hmm. Very true. And uh, it's sometimes perception is the reality. So you, you mentioned Idi. I'm glad you did. Um, can you take a guess, like, how many Americans actually even know about who Idi is? And if he was not a Muslim Pakistani, he probably would have won a Nobel Prize for all the humanitarian work. Very true. The Idis are almost like the Red Cross of Pakistan single-handedly. Exactly. And so we don't hear anything about him, but if there is someone who actually kills a woman, it's all over as if all Muslims are like that. And, and so I think some of it is real. I think there is a real problem. Don't get me wrong. There is a definitely a problem of fundamentalism. 
using violent means. Uh, but these people would be violent no matter what you do. So you look at some of the African villages where they are beheading each other. Regardless of who they are, they're like in Sudan. Uh, all the villages are wiped out. We don't hear about them. But they may be Christians. They may be Muslims. So a lot of it is is is, is labeled as Islam. But I'll, I'll go back to what you said. But but, but Doctor Nakhi, are... we have to be we have to be realistic. The biggest terrorist attacks, or at least the ones we know the most about, you know, to your point, are individuals that claim to be doing this, like with Charlie Hebdo, in retaliation uh, for the depiction of the Prophet Muhammad, um, and and a claim to be Muslim. ISIS calls themselves the Islamic fighters. Right. Um, you know, uh, and, and some of these people say that, uh, you know, even said before they shot people, according to witnesses, you know, all of you women need to cover yourselves and wear the burqa and mm-hmm. convert mm-hmm. to Islam. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so, it, you know, obviously when somebody's pointing a gun at you, it makes it so enticing to be a part of that religion where you want to suppress my ability to be an individual. <laughs> right. uh, but, uh, you know, but, but, but seriously, so even though, yes, it's true that, you know, there are terrible things happening on the continent of Af- Africa that are not covered. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, there was a terrorist attack in Nigeria in the same you know week as the uh, attack in, in France. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the reality is that they're using Islam in the title, mm-hmm. and they're saying that it, it is Islam. Mm-hmm. So my, my question is, when you have the majority of people in Yemen are not terrorists, yet you have an al-Qaeda cell there in training. I saw I saw a uh, you know Taliban headquarters in Pakistan in Karachi, right? And I know that the people are more afraid, and many of these people are powerless. They don't have weapons. Many of them don't have education. Uh, many of them, I mean, I mean, in Pakistan, didn't even know what who Osama bin Laden was or 9/11. They don't have televisions or computers. You know, we we forget in this country being so wealthy that some of these more third world countries, uh, the people are not as quote in tune to what's going on in the world. But we do know right from wrong good and bad, evil. And, you know, these people are afraid. Why can't the Muslims stop these terrorists? Uh, Why why can't the Muslims stop these terrorists? Because there are many people in the world that feel it's the Muslims, the Muslim countries, the Muslim leaders, and the Muslim people's responsibility to stop these these murderers. Yeah, I, I, so I agree with everything you said, except the last part. I think it's the collective responsibility of the decent, silent majority to do their part, and including the governments. And so I'll give an example, ISIS and Boko Haram, they actually have killed more uh, Muslims than they have killed the Westerners, even though the perception is that these um, crazy Muslims are against the West. It's not the situation. And I'll, I'll go back to my point here again about this is not about Muslims versus West or Islam versus the West. I mean, 9-11, there were a lot of Muslims who were killed along with other people. In Boston, the marathon bombing, there was a hijabist runner who was a victim, but when all the victims were taken to the hospital, they were doctor Muslims, or Muslim doctors. Same with Paris. I mean, there was one of the policemen who was killed. His name was Ahmed. He was a victim. And uh, so, so it is not about these crazy Muslims, uh, you know, standing up against the West necessarily. And that, like I said, they have killed more um, uh, Muslims than they have killed, way more, many more Muslims than they have killed the non-Muslims, which is not a justification. So I think the key still is it is our responsibility um, to decent silent majority, including the governments. Uh, I'll say this. Why is it that, I mean, going back to ISIS, it happened right under our own nose. Uh, we went into Iraq, 
And under Saddam Hussein, no matter what we say about Saddam Hussein, things were still relatively under control. And now it's total chaos. And then, right, so either we were directly responsible or indirectly responsible. ISIS came up there, right in, in, under our um, shadow, if you will. Same thing happened in Afghanistan. We were there with the Russians. The Pakistanis were there in the Russians. And as we left Afghanistan, well, Taliban's uh, were born. And we were supporting them when they were called Mujahideen. By the way, Mujahideen is the same exact word that we are using for jihadists. We were supporting the Mujahideen. And, but then the same Mujahideen turned against us and the rest of the civilized nation. I think it's a lot more complex. Uh, the governments have to be involved. They need to be very sincere when they say they will fight terrorism. Uh, and they're not. And what? that's the, the, the truth. Uh, Dr. Nakvi, uh, one last question. The, the Muslim community fears backlash, especially in France right now and in other parts of Europe and here in the United States, especially uh, you know, veiled women and, you know, perhaps uh, bearded men. I don't know if you have a beard because we're on radio, so I can't see you. Do you as a Muslim or people in your family or people in the Muslim community that you're aware of fear backlash? And or, or do you do you understand why there is the backlash? And, mm-hmm. and, and can you speak to that briefly? I feel that the terrorists want this division. They want to drive a wedge between Muslims and others very quickly. Exactly. exactly. I think we are falling in the tra- their traps. We are doing exactly what they want us to do. So you turn on Fox News, for example, all they are talking about is, so they're, you know, glorifying them. They love this. They love this. And so, you know, when someone does something good, it doesn't happen, it doesn't, you know, uh, get the, the attention. And, um, you know, so we, um, we, we do need to get more engaged. That's, that's the bottom line. We need to get more engaged. Okay, Doctor, thank you for being with us. Uh, You were great. We'll have to have you on the show again. Uh, Interesting background that you have. And uh, I don't have the book yet. I'll have to pick it up, The Quran With or Against the Bible. Uh, Check it out, folks, uh, so you can read what Christianity and Islam have in common. Uh, Dr. Ijaz Nakvi is our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Ijaz Nakvi, M-D, E-J-A-Z-N-A-Q-V-I-M-D. The website, IjazNakvi.com, E-J-A-Z-N-A-Q-V-I.com.